Absolutely. And also systematizing as much as you possibly can, like, and saving as much time as you possibly can, like, because a lot of the times, especially with independent hairstylists or any business owners, and even the even commission stylists, even team-based stylists, like we so often don't have boundaries for ourselves. And we're so often burdened with tasks of working when we're not working, right? Because we are in such like a one-on-one relational industry. So, and, and especially as independent hairstylists, like we are in charge of our own books. Like there's nobody else taking care of like what we have going on. And so I think like automating and setting up systems and also like taking advantage of the technology and the resources that we have available to us today that we didn't have available to us like 10, 20 years ago is so important. And any like successful CEO or business that's on like Forbes 100, they will understand and tell you if you want to live a beautiful life and reap the benefits of being a business owner or even just being a hairstylist behind a chair of any sort, then you are going to understand that you need to save as much time as possible and you need to have boundaries and systems that hold you accountable to those boundaries, right? Hey there, welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I wanted to let you know that the Salon Business Masterclass is coming up real soon and I want to invite you to join me. Do not miss out on this live class if you are looking to gain clarity of your dream salon and eliminate the overwhelming disorganized thoughts of how to start a business. I will be pulling back the curtain to the pros and cons of business ownership, learn the most important things to do before you open your doors, how to attract more clients, and reasons why 75% of salons fail within the first five years and how to avoid them so that you can scale your business faster and easier. Whether you're thinking about opening up the salon or already signed a lease, join this class to gain better understanding of what it takes to operate a successful salon business. Salon Business Masterclass, you can register here and I will leave the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I am so thrilled to have my special guest today. If you guys don't know who this person is yet, then I don't know what's wrong with you. You guys haven't been on social media, but this is one of my favorite people right now to follow on Instagram. He's a salon suite owner. He's an amazing educator. He is just putting himself out there. He is a thriver, rising star, a balayage expert, beauty launchpad, Youngest upcoming colorist of 2020 hair by Hunty. Welcome, Hunter Diana. Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being on the show. I am just so honored that you are a part of this. And um, you're just killing it out there. And I'm like, everybody has to know who you are. And if they don't, I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I love to see what you're doing all the time. We've worked together a little bit. We've, we've collabed on a couple little things like on clubhouse and stuff. And you are just such a joy. And I love what you're doing and your podcast as well. So I was so excited when you asked for me to be on here. I'm super excited to have some cool conversations today. I love it. You know, Hunter, you are just like, you're just putting yourself out there and in unapologetic ways. And I think that your confidence and, and the information that you're sharing with people is just, it's so inspiring and it's so, 
like admiral uh, of you to be doing that right now. Like, I, I'd love to rewind and go back to the beginning um, because I know that it's not always easy to become that person. So tell me about little baby hunty. <laughs> you, you graduated um, school, high school with your cosmetology license, just like I did. Yes. So t- tell us about how your journey began into the beauty industry. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I first, so when I was younger um, and I was like first coming into my own as like a gay person, um, I started to like play around with like makeup and hair and like I would like dye my hair every other week with like box color and I'd like get into my mom's makeup bag and like like play around with that stuff just like because it felt like I was expressing who I was on the inside on the outside as well and that always felt like I don't know it was just like interesting how natural it was to me and how much of like a natural like joy it was for me to do that and how like affirming it was for me as a human being and so I started to fall in love with the fact that I was able to create I was able to use myself and like my body as a canvas to like really like show people who I was on the inside. And because of that, I had then heard about my high school's vocational um, cosmetology program. And I thought that that would be a really cool like fit for me because it's just like, I really loved makeup. I didn't really love doing hair as much as I loved doing makeup. And so then I started my vocational program um, at the age of 15. I was a sophomore in high school and I started it and I was like, oh my gosh, like these are my people. This is what is right. This is where I need to be because like along with being a gay person, like just I never really fit like the niches of my of like my peers like I like didn't want to play sports I like didn't like the clubs like I didn't feel like I had a group that like really fully understood me and like enjoyed the same things as I did as much and so once I joined my vocational program like and how accepted I was and celebrated I was and how like everybody had the same interests as I did, it just clicked and it like made sense. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. It is what it is. So, um, so also then I, at the, the same year at the, it was actually my 16th birthday. I applied to be a assistant at the salon that I actually got my hair done at. And so I applied to be an assistant. My hairstylist like kind of like egged me on to do it. I was like, I'm just 16 years old. Like nobody's going to hire me yet. And the hairstylist who did my hair was like, dude, like you should apply. Like, why not? So I applied. They hired me, which is wild because I looked crazy at the time. (laughs) And um, they hired me. And even in that space... I was celebrated for who I was. And like, they never told me to like, not wear this type of makeup or not have this type of hair or not wear these type of clothes. And it really taught me that like, the people who matter and the spaces that matter are gonna celebrate me for who I am. And if there's people who aren't going to celebrate me for who I am, then those people aren't worth my time. And I need to focus on being in spaces and surrounding myself with people who are going to love me for who I am and how I choose to express myself. Because those are the people who deserve my time and my energy. Mm. So I think that that's what 
really built my confidence to be able to show up and just be who I am and maybe to be doing the things that I do now because I just had to kind of learn the hard way that like impressing other people and doing things to be impressing other people and being scared of showing people what I have to offer is not worth it because there's so many other people who do deserve that time and energy from me. Yeah. I think that's so mature at that young age, 16 years old to understand that you need to surround yourself with people who, who do appreciate who you are, as opposed to you trying to mold yourself to fit into whatever they are. Right. And I think that that's, that's impressive. And I always say like, you know, either birds of the feather flock together and you're the equivalent to the five people you spend the most time with. And, and I think that it's so, I think anybody who is in this industry, who goes to school, they find themselves because they're like, these are my people. (laughs) We just get each other. I love that. How long were you at that salon for? So I started there at 16 and I was there for about five years Um, yeah, so I, so I graduated high school with my cosmetology license because I was in the vocational program. I assisted there for about like, like two and a half ish to three years. And then I was on the floor basically when I graduated a little bit after I graduated and I started to do clients at the age of like 18 and like started my career and started making money and it was fantastic. And, um, yeah, that's when, so then, so then I, I stayed there for that amount of time. And then I decided to move about an hour and a half away to live with my boyfriend. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I like left my clientele that I had all built up and left my hometown that I never left. I, it was like the first like massive decision or like massive like move I ever made in my life because like all of my friends when they graduated high school, they all like went to college, they moved away and like they did all this crazy stuff. And I was just like already in my career. I was like still living with my parents. Like I just like hadn't done anything crazy like that yet. And I had been with my boyfriend a li- kind of long distance, if you call like an hour and a half long distance for like, I think like a year and a half to two years at that time. And I was just like, what's going to give? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, what if I spend all of this time like dating this guy and then I don't move in with him and then I move in with him like five years later and I hate him, right? <laughs> like that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like such time wasted. So I thought, you know what, I, this feels right. This is what I'm supposed to do in, in this moment. And so I left that place. Unfortunately, it was very sad. I left it on very good terms. I actually go back there every now and then for very often. And um, then I came out to uh, central Pennsylvania and moved an hour and a half away and rebuilt my clientele from scratch. And it was, it's been cool since. So, Um, you know, I think that a lot of people can relate to that of, you know, following their heart or wherever their family goes or, you know, somebody that they love. Um, You know, what was, what was kind of going through your, your mind as far as like your career goes at that point? So, you know what, like, of course it was super scary and it felt like I was giving up so much. I felt like I was giving up so much that I had worked so hard for and where I really began all of that. And I also knew though that I was excited and ready to be able to start from scratch and like 
to get really scrappy and do everything that I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be. And I knew because I was starting from scratch with knowledge and experience that I would be able to get to where I want to be at an even better level than where I was before. Because if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not growing. And like, although I was in a great space, like I knew that I wouldn't be able to be into a greater space in my life, in my personal life and in my career, if I didn't make an uncomfortable move. And it just proved to be true. So my thoughts were, this is going to be crazy. I'm leaving all of this stuff behind. It's really scary, but on the other end of it, I can always move back if I need to. <laughs> and I am willing to do everything that I need to do to get to the space where I want to be again. Yeah. Failure is not an option. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, there's, there's no growth in comfort zones mm -hmm. for no. sure. During your assistant assisting and training and everything is, is that when you started to hone in on balayage? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. So I went to vocational school when like balayage was like hot, like fire, like right out the gate. You know what I mean? And not to say, I'm not like one of those people who is like, oh yeah, balayage just was invented like, you know, 10 years ago. But I am somebody who will say like the trend like really got like on and popping like when I got into vocational school. So when I was 16 and I was working as an assistant, that's what all the stylists were going and edu getting education on at the time. And like, that's what everybody was focusing on and everybody wanted. So in my beauty school, me and my vo vocational teacher would get into fights because I never wanted to foil. I always wanted to hand paint my like people and like the other students in the class. And she was like, you need to learn how to foil. And I was like, I don't want to learn how to foil. Foiling is, is old school. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, um, you know, now I very much understand that foiling is so essential and it's actually like a massive part of like my quote unquote balayage situation now. But uh, yeah, it was definitely where it started for sure. Like everybody, like the ombre was really big. So all of the students in the class, like if they wanted an ombre, they would like come to me to do the ombre <laughs> when I, I thought I knew what I was doing. I love that. I am like laughing to myself because uh, the hot thing to do was uh, pulling hair through a cat when I went. Yes. <laughs> like That's balayage so was not in existence. So right. I love that. Um, so, okay. So talk, talk to us about when you, you are now in central Pennsylvania, you've had five years of experience and now it's like starting all over. Like you have a, a clean slate to start fresh of like, who does Hunter want to be? Yeah. So what, what was that like to get started? So I had been a color educator for a brand for about a, like maybe a year, a year and a half at that time. So I knew that I had to be in that brand, in a salon that carried that brand. Um, so I interviewed at like five to seven places. And because my numbers were pretty great, like I had a really good average retail per sale per client um, number. And, you know, I was just doing well at my, my last salon. I, I was able to have my options open for me, uh, gratefully. So I interviewed at like five to seven salons, like within like 30 minutes of my area that had my brands. And, um, I was like, I need to be in a place that is fully committed to cultivating my growth because I know that like, this is not my end all be all. 
and I don't know what my like end goal necessarily is, but I know I need to be in a space that is fully like ready and committed to like holding me accountable to growth and, and okay with me growing within their space. So I found a, um, and by the way, in Pennsylvania, uh, uh, booth rental is illegal. So, you know, it's all commission salons and then you have suites. So, um, so I found a beautiful commission salon. Um, it was called Details Salon and Spa, uh, 30 minutes away from me, which was such a crazy different trek than what I was used to. I was like, my old salon was like seven minutes down the road, but I was so committed to this brand and I wanted to continue being an educator with them that I like chose this place because it was just that awesome. The owner, Margaret, huge shout out to her. She was just so willing to hear me out, listen to my ideas. Like she really wanted to see me soar. She always said like, I want to see you like grow and do beautiful things. And whether that's here or eventually maybe not here, like I'm committed to helping you do that. And like finding a salon owner like that was just such a gift and, and the people there were awesome. And I was able to start from scratch there. And I had the support that I needed you know, moving to a whole new space. And that was, that meant the absolute world to me. And the fact that she took a chance on me was like, just like, so amazing. And I'm so grateful to her to this day. Wow. That, and so how long were you there with her? So I was probably there for about, I probably, I was probably there for like nine months because that's when quarantine happened. So I was there, I started there and I was there for a couple months and then quarantine hit. <clears throat> and then once quarantine hit, you know, the whole quarantine, I was like, I'm coming back to details. Like that's like, that was just like what I was gonna do, right? Like that is what it is. And I don't know, oh, and I started Thrivers during quarantine too. And so, but I also started Thrivers and completely believing and understanding that I was going to go back to that salon. And as I started to understand marketing and understand like how I can commit to like really growing my own clientele and like, like getting my ish together as far as like making a business and growing a business, I was like, I then felt as if my potential for what I could create for my clients and myself was beyond what I was able to do within somebody else's vision, right? Although that vision was beautiful, it wasn't where I was able to cultivate my full potential. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I looked into suites like literally a month before quarantine lifted in Pennsylvania and I decided to just do it like three weeks before we went back in and somehow my landlord got it together and we made it happen. And then I started my suite, like, like my first day was the day that quarantine lifted in Pennsylvania in a suite by myself. So, wow. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I feel like there's, there's two, two type of, um, beauty professionals during quarantine. It was those who were like, I need a freaking break. Yeah. And then the other, the other was like, you know what, now is my time. Now is my time that I got to really step it up and make something of myself and, uh, learn more. And, and, you know, there were so many great opportunities that not everybody could see. And, you know, you were the one, you know, one of the few, maybe the 20% that saw 
that there was something more valuable that you could add for yourself and to your clientele. Yeah. What, what, what did that, what did that look like? Like, what, what, you know, you said that you were in thrivers, you know, what, what was these details that you had in your mind? So I just like, once I really learned marketing and then once I really learned like what building a brand looked like and, and building like a really good guest experience, I understood that like, my salon was very branded. The, the salon that I was at was super branded. And because I was growing a clientele from literal scratch, because I was like living an hour and a half away, I knew that if I wanted to like really niche down and attract the person that I wanted to attract, that I would have to build something really specific. And I would have to be in charge of my colors, like my experience. I knew that if I wanted to have systems and processes that took um, pressure off of my plate, then I would have to be in complete control of my guest experience from beginning to end. I was so such a control freak of my client having the most excellent experience that it gave me anxiety for a receptionist to have to take care of my client for me. Like I, 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 I even just like the little words that a receptionist would say, like, I, I always wanted that, like these things to happen and I didn't want these things to happen. And so therefore I knew that if I wanted to create that experience for my clients and like really get to a point where I was like tapping into my full potential of what I could give to people, it would just have to be something that I'm in full control of, like, and it just is what it is. So like, I have something called like, um, I call it like a DOA form. And it's something that I coached you. And it's something that um, your client can fill out that actually uh, customizes their experience with you. Because personalized experiences, especially now are very prioritized in a consumer's brain. So like to be able to choose what essential oil they want that day, to be able to choose what drink, what snack, what kind of vibe that they want for their appointment, like things like that, to be able to cultivate that and, and roll that out in operations, I knew that I'd have to just do that by myself. And I, and I couldn't deal with anybody in my way from, for, from, you know, with doing that. So that's just like one detail. There's like a bunch of things with my guests <laughs> that I could go into, but. You had lots of ideas. Yes. And I, I do, I do think that like going into a salon suite, it, it is to your advantage to have that type of a personality and um, somebody who has like lots of ideas and tries to really find where we can create solutions to. And yeah, I mean, there's only so much that you can grow within somebody else's business before it's like, you know what, if you've got your own ideas, it's time to maybe channel that and figure that out over there. I, I'm very curious to know, because opening up a salon suite, opening up a business during the pandemic is definitely a very different experience than if it wasn't prevalent, right? What was that like opening up a salon suite as far as what challenges did you feel like you experienced or what was something surprising? I love that question. My ADHD is wanting me to go back to something that you said, because I want to, especially because you may be speaking to other salon owners on here. And I want to make it clear that like my salon owner was amazing. And like I said earlier in this call, in this, uh, um, uh, 
uh, conversation, my salon owner was so open to my ideas and like would actually implement my ideas. But even with how absolutely amazing she was and how much she allowed me to create my own vision within that space and also collaboratively create a vision for all of us who work there. I think that, like you said, like there's just some people who like are destined or just are going to have their, their own vision that needs to be cultivated by themselves. Right. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear. And, and like, also to be become your own business owner. I think that like there's this really big misconception for a lot of hairstylists, especially when they listen to educators or when they listen to um, uh, influencers or like salon owners that they think that like, if they want to grow and if they want to get to the next level, then they have to open up their own thing or they have to become an educator. And it's so not true. Like you can build such a gorgeous life for yourself within somebody else's vision. You can build such a gorgeous life for yourself within a salon as a hairstylist. And you getting to the next level could you be you scaling and you winning within somebody else's business and them winning at the same time. Yeah. So I just want to yeah. make that clear because like, I feel like people get me misconstrued when I'm like, like, going into the suite was like what I had to do to like, like create success for myself. But that's because that was my journey. That was because I wanted to create it on my own terms where, where that comes with a lot of responsibility in a lot of freaking work, like so much work (laughs) where some other people may want to scale their businesses and may want to do really beautiful things and create a really beautiful life for themselves and career for themselves as a hairstylist, but maybe they don't wanna have to be in charge of all of the ideas and all of the bookkeeping and all of the systems and all of these things. So therefore, if you're listening to this and you're a hairstylist who's like, I don't wanna be an educator. I don't wanna open my, up my own salon. I just wanna have a beautiful life with my family and friends and I wanna make money and I wanna be passionate about what I'm doing. like. You can do that as a stylist who's not owning the salon. You know what I mean? Or like becoming an educator. If, if they're with the right leader and it sounded Period. like you had the right leader, you know, you, yes. you, said that, you know, she believed in her staff and wanting to make sure that they grow. Um, I was talking to some educator before and they were talking about, you can either, um, you know, train your, your staff to become the best that they can be and, and help them grow or you can not train them at all. And they just stay complacent within your, your four walls, you know, and it's like, choose the first one, no brainer. So, and I do believe that like, it's some people's, you know, journey uh, and destiny to open up a business. Like it was mine. And, you know, I think that that's really a really strong point that you make that that doesn't necessarily mean that that equals success. You know, there are plenty of people who went out to do salon suites or open a salon that were not successful, but you know, Hunter's, um, you know, his motto is failure's no option. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I love, I love that you brought that up. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. What well, when you opened up the salon suite, what were, what were some things that, you were like, oh, this, you know, I was surprised by this or yeah. what challenges did you like encounter that you're like, what? 
I was surprised just opening up my own suite in general, how much work it was going to be. And the responsibility of not only like up upholding my business, but like the daily tasks of, and maintenance of my business. And then in the middle of a pandemic, having the heavy responsibility of taking my guests' um, health into my own hands, that was crazy to me. Like that was something I took so intensely seriously and I'm still taking it seriously to this day. And I was shocked at how, because of the environment that I was cultivating, how much trust I was able to build with my clients and how many people weren't even going to a doctor's appointment or like going to the grocery store, but would come to me and like trust me because I showed them that I was doing everything I could to make them feel safe. And also how many people came to me after they realized that the stylist that they were seeing before wasn't going to be doing those things and like wasn't like taking care of them and consistently showing them that they're special that they that they that that stylist thinks that they're special even throughout the pandemic right like you said earlier um there were two types of stylists during the pandemic it was either you are going to use this time to grow and you're gonna take care of yourself in productive ways or you're just going to take this as a break which I think is beautiful. Like what a beautiful break to take. Like so gorgeous and important and awesome time for us to like be able to just reflect and like really just take a step back, right? But I'm a firm believer in that there's two types of self-care. I believe that there's productive self-care and then I think that there's like short-term self-care. And I think that short-term self-care allows us to have the energy to have productive self-care because here's what happens. Here's, here's what I think the T is with this, right? So short care could be like short, short term care, short term self-care could be like sitting at home in your PJs all day, watching Netflix with your kids and your family. Like that's beautiful. Like what gorgeous relaxing time with your family. Right? So if I did that all day, I don't got no kids, but um, if I did that, <laughs> yes, I got my cat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we can't forget about him. Um, if I did that all day, I would feel great and I'd feel energized and I'd feel so grateful for that time that I was able to relax. Right. But if the next day I did that same thing again, and I didn't take that energy and put it into growing my, my future self and putting my future self in a better space, I would get depressed anxious and I would put myself in a cycle of not wanting to do anything ever again. So that was like what I had to kept, keep telling myself throughout that whole time. And I think that's like, of course, like there were so many awful things going on during the pandemic and I'm not ignorant to that, but I think I, I saw a lot of hairstylists and just people in general, like, just like not really seeing the opportunity that they could grab to like put themselves in such a gorgeous position at the other side of this. And because of maybe not applying themselves as much as they could, getting into a real rut in, in that and then losing on the other side too, which 
it was just a really awful position. But I think like during that time, I just understood like, this is such a precious, valuable time to do all the things I always said that I never had the time to do. Like we always said, I would post on social media more, but I don't ever have the time for that because I'm like at work every day and I'm driving here every day and I'm doing this every day. It's like, well, now you have the time, boo. <laughs> like yeah. now you have the time. So like, why not do it, right? So not to talk too much about pandemic, but I think it was just a really big life lesson for me and a life lesson for everybody in so many different ways. And it forced us to step back, look at ourselves, look at our business, look at the trajectory of our lives and say like, the things that we do now affect so much in the future and life is too short for us to sit around and let let life take control of us and we need to start taking control of our own lives and responsibility for our own lives. Absolutely. And I think as a business owner too, even, even taking ownership of your business behind the chair as a hairstylist, yes. it's all about creating those habits that are going to create that growth and are going, that are going to help you become the best hairstylist or best person that you can be. Right. And it's a day by day, but doing those small things each day. And yes, definitely taking a day of rest for yes. sure to refuel and re-energize yourself. So you can create space to think and create. Absolutely. And also systematizing as much as you possibly can like and saving as much time as you possibly can like because a lot of the times especially with independent hairstylists or any business owners and even the even commission stylists even team-based stylists like we so often don't have boundaries for ourselves and we're so often burdened with tasks of working when we're not working right because we are in such like a one-on-one -on -one relational industry. So, and, and especially as independent hairstylists, like we are in charge of our own books. Like there's nobody else taking care of like what we have going on. And so I think like automating and setting up systems and also like taking advantage of the technology and the resources that we have available to us today that we didn't have available to us like 10, 20 years ago is so important. And any like successful CEO or business that's on like Forbes 100, they will understand and tell you if you want to live a beautiful life and reap the benefits of being a business owner or even just being a hairstylist behind a chair of any sort, then you are going to understand that you need to save as much time as possible and you need to have boundaries and systems that hold you accountable to those boundaries, right? So I opened up my suite and I got really clear on my brand. I was able to create this beautiful vision for myself and, and, the, and this business for myself really where I was booked out three months fast with new guest requests every single week. And it was, it was, I was so grateful for it. I was in a completely new area. I'd only really had like six months to build up my clientele in the meantime. And I wasn't doing well at all. I mean, I was doing like, okay. Like I was like, finally got to a point where I was like booked a week out consistently, but then I opened up my own suite and I got really clear on what my branding was. And I got really good at marketing on social media and then opened up my suite during the pandemic after quarantine. And I was slammed. And I was so grateful, but I felt this crazy emotional responsibility to go out of my way every day 
and be working seven days a week, crazy hours behind the chair to get every single one of those people in. And then when I was not working, I was answering texts, emails, DMs, and I was like juggling my books and like, and then working on my business. So then I was like finding out new ideas, what I was going to do for the holiday season, like how I was going to decorate this, what I was going to do on my website, what I was going to post on social media, all this stuff. Right. (laughs) And I had to figure out how I could use resources available to me to save as much time and streamline that as much as possible because it came to a point where I was absolutely exhausted when I was like like six months into owning my own suite and having all of the success. It's like, it's like great. I have all of these clients and it's fantastic and like and I'm I'm doing well, but for what reason? It's like, I'm miserable when I go home. I just go home and I like, like go right to bed and I don't even get to talk to my boyfriend or my family. And when I'm hanging out with my family or my friends, I'm exhausted because I'm working my, my butt off. Right. So I had to figure out all of the resources available to me, got really intense and nitty gritty with some technology and figured out a system where my clients book themselves. I have really strong boundaries and I have systems that hold me accountable to those boundaries. So that way I'm doing the least amount of work when I'm not working. So I can focus on the things that I want to do, such as growing my education business and taking care of myself and spending time with my friends and my family and loving everybody and living a life that's worth living because life's too short, damn it. <laughs> like drop. I, incredible. And I think that anybody who started their, their own business is going to real, or if they are in control of their books and they're booking their own um, clientele, they'll find out very quickly that it's not sustainable. It's not scalable when you are constantly either doing the actual service or trying to do customer service when you're not even present at the salon. It's just a 24 seven, um, uh, black hole that you could dig yourself if, if, you decide that you're not creating these systems and these boundaries in place. Your automation creation that you have is just unbelievable. And you guys have to make sure to check this out. If you, um, everybody needs to follow here by Hunty on Instagram. He has this amazing automation that is just going to be a game changer for you guys. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to share about that automation? Yeah, absolutely. So if y'all go to my Instagram right now, it's hair by H-U-N-T-Y. I would absolutely love to connect with you. So make sure to send me a DM. And what you can do is you can download uh, my free PDF uh, uh, guide. It's five ways to simply automate your beauty business. And it's actually really simple, free ways that you can just like start setting boundaries now and start automating and creating systems now that will like kind of open the doors for you to see how like very simple things in technology can like save you so much time. And when you're ready for the next level of automating in your business and really streamlining your systems, what I also have available um, a couple, maybe every now and then times a year, it depends. I like keep the, I keep, I keep the doors open and closed depending on how many people I have in there. But I have, uh, it's called Pre-Visit Pathway to Freedom. 
And it's all about how you streamline your processes with your client all the way from when they get onto your website to when they step onto your doorstep. And it teaches you how to leverage technology to create a beautiful guest experience without the overwhelm and to automate, save time, never come in earlier or stay late or on your days off and to have your clients do all the work for you and have confidence in online booking finally and not be worried about your clients booking the wrong thing and there's so much more but it's been such a beautiful program so far and it can really help you just streamline and save so much time in your business because I believe if we as hairstylists are going to be creating these this beautiful businesses for ourselves right and we're going to stay passionate and excited about the job that we do every day then it's so important to avoid burnout in every possible way because it happens so fast. It can happen so unbelievably fast. And I think one of the biggest reasons why is because we never stop working. So automating and streamlining and figuring out how you can get that whole process from when they get onto your website all the way to when they step onto your door, when you can streamline that and put it on the, uh, the responsibility of that on technology and onto your client, it just creates a beautiful system for yourself and you can actually like enjoy your job, whether rather than like stress out about it when you're not behind the chair. Oh my gosh. And I, it, it really takes the guest experience to the next level, yes. you know? And I think that I, I have maybe a handful of elderly clients that they just cannot understand online booking, but for the most part, the majority of your clients, you teach them, you train them, and it's going to just take a lot of extra energy um, off of your plate. Yes. And, and spend that energy either with your self-care, Netflix, whatever that may be, whatever your life yes. is, um, or you know, you're thinking about how to continue to grow and scale your business. If you're putting all of your focus and energy 100% of the time, always on servicing that client when you're not there, that is really what creates that burnout where you can't separate your personal life from your business life, you know? And I think that we are passionate creatures and we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can be like the best kick-ass hairstylist and have the best business, but you have to disconnect yourself in order to be the person that you need to be for your company. Um, and I think too, if you are a hairdresser behind the chair, even an esthetician, a salon owner, salon suite owner, booth renter, you guys have to download that automation and it's going to be that gateway drug that you're going to have to sign up for his pre-visit pathway because it's so freaking amazing that you you guys just have to make sure that you guys check it out. Um, another thing I, I really want people to also um, make sure that they do is that your highlights and in your Instagram page is like, so unique and so special that it just, it's taking, you're like elevating the beauty industry by showing and leading the way of what guest experience looks like. Can you just share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So on my highlights reel in my Instagram, I got a videographer and I, she's actually one of my guests and she does all my videography work. Um, her name's Casey. She's amazing at 10 trails media. Um, we shot um, a day at the salon with me and a guest. And I showed my guest experience from beginning to end. Um, and I 
have like a, a section where I talk about myself. So that way people get to know me. And then I have a section where I explain the actual sweet concept because I know a lot of clients may like really not understand. Um, and then I think there's one more on there, but basically what my vision was and what my understanding was that we as hairstylists can really forget how intimidating it can be to get a service done for the first time and to trust somebody to literally touch them and to change a body part of them. Like that's like literally what we're doing. Like we are changing something that somebody wears on their physical body and sees on their body every single day. That is an intimidating process for somebody. And, and to, to create comfort and to um, give our guests, our potential new guests, um, uh, confidence in booking an appointment with us and spending money with us and to trust us with touching those things and, and changing their hair, it's really powerful to be able to show them with video or with whatever resource what your experience looks like and who you are as a human being and how you're going to take care of them and and show them if you're the right fit for them or not right because the more transparent you are about what you have to offer um you are you're going to attract but you're also going to repel and both of those things are very important and good right because if somebody doesn't like my guest experience like the fact that i may take a little bit longer and i'm going to give them a really nice like spa experience situation like if somebody wants it in and out i don't want them in my chair because i know that i'm not going to be the right fit for them right but for those people who i've created this perfect experience for i want them to see that i'm doing things differently i'm doing these things all right for that type of person and that person who wants that type of service and that's going to be really powerful so being as transparent at, with your guest experience as possible and figuring out like really out of the box ways to do so in your marketing in all sorts of ways, I think is so cool and important and something that has been so powerful for my business. Like literally I've transitioned my Instagram into like more of my education business versus advertising for my, um, my, my behind the chair business. And I still get five new guest requests a week because of that highlight reel because I'm not posting any hair anymore. I'm not doing anything anymore as far as like speaking to hairstylists. I'm only speaking to hairdressers on my Instagram, but because I still have that high highlight reel, which by the way, people will click your highlight reels, especially if you make it up a, a thing because it's so easy to just click and watch. It's so powerful. I highly recommend <laughs> go ahead and check it out. <laughs> I love it. And, and you'll see too, like on the highlight reel, it says start here. And so it's, you're very like, you you are hand holding that guest from the moment they're like, who is this? Do I want to spend my money here? Do I trust this person? And you are hand holding them all the way to basically give them that decision of, are we a good fit or not? You're already cultivating a relationship with them and setting the bar of here's my expectation. And this is what your expectation is when, when you enter. And yes. so it gives you the opportunity to still give them that wow factor when you're like placing the bar of like, this is what's going to happen when you arrive during the, the, during the service. And then when you leave, I think in addition to, to doing that and the automations, it's like, you know, what's going to happen next for you, Hundy? Like, what, what are you going to, what do you see your business becoming in the next five years? 
So I'm very much grateful for my business behind the chair. And I think as an educator, if I want to be able to speak to speak to hairstylists about like what their guest experience should be to be able to scale their businesses. I think that I need to be the first one to like ever try those things out <laughs> and like see how they're going to be and work for me because I think that's really important. Um, so I don't think I'll ever necessarily be out from behind the chair, but my main goal definitely for sure is to grow my education business and to really uplift this industry and show hairstylists what's possible and to hold their hand along the way to growing their business, automating, streamlining, and creating a guest experience that not only helps them grow, but also helps their guests find a hairstylist who is fully taking care of them, who they are willing to spend all of the coin on, and for everybody to win. At the end of the day, everybody can win, right? Like, I think like one of the biggest misconceptions and one of the biggest fears that hairstylists have as far as like setting boundaries, growing their businesses, um, uh, doing things that may be scary, right? I think that the biggest misconception is that like, oh, I'm like disservicing somebody by not coming in and on, on my off time to do their hair. When in reality, it's like you're doing a disservice to your client for not following, not accept, not uh, staying strong in your own boundary because you're going to show up exhausted. You're not going to be joyful and you're not going to do that person's hair to the standard that they deserve for the money that they're paying you. Like I know if I'm going to get a tattoo done by somebody, or if I was going to get my, my micro needling done with my esthetician who I love, if they were exhausted, if they were coming in on their off time, I don't want them touching my face. <laughs> no way. <Right? laughs> do not want them touching my face. And I also don't even want that esthetician to touch my face if they're doing a service that they don't like to do on me, because that means that they're not going to do it to their fullest potential. So nobody wins when you're coming in and you're unjoyful and you're burnt out with your business and you're doing services that you don't want to do. Nobody wins. Your clients don't win. You don't win. And because fear is holding you back, you're not able to serve your community to the level that you have the destiny and power to serve them to and to serve yourself and your, your family and your friends and to live a life full of meaning and wealth and joy. So I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I want to teach, <laughs> teach hairstylists how everybody can win at the at end of the day, how you can set beautiful boundaries, but also with upstand the professionalism of your business. And we can all just like grow together and change the narrative of this industry collectively. So that's what I'm on a journey to do. And I'm excited for each and every one of you to be a part of it. And I'm excited, Jen, that we get to collaborate and speak together and see each other grow too. I think it's a beautiful thing to see. It's so amazing. I'm just, uh, you're so inspiring, Hunter. Like, you know, I, in the very beginning, I opened up by talking about, you know, your, your confidence, you know, you, you show up unapologetically as yourself, which I think that even me, myself, you know, I have a difficult time showing up. And I think a lot of people have a difficult time of putting themselves out there doing, doing something different. See, you did something different. And this is really what is making you shine. And, and this is why your, your courses are thriving, your, your business behind the chair is thriving. And you're also experiencing maybe um, that balance and that peace as well. You know, what would you say to somebody who wants to get started and, and they're looking at you as inspiration of like, well, how can I be more like Hunter? 
<laughs> I don't know if y'all want to be more like me, but uh, I, think that, I think that you deserve to be your best self and who you want to be, whoever you are listening to this. And I will say a couple things. I will say that, like I said earlier in this conversation, whoever isn't willing to love you for who you are at your best when you're being fully authentically yourself, whoever is not willing to accept you and celebrate you for that isn't supposed to be a part of your life and is not worth your time or energy. And there are people out there, there are people out there who deserve your time and energy. People out there who you can literally make such a huge impact on, who will make a massive impact on you in a positive way as well, that you aren't allowing in and allowing for that beauty to blossom because of the fear of people not accepting you for who you are. And the ironic thing is, is the longer you go on not being yourself, not showing up because of that fear, the longer you're actually gonna have the opposite thing happen to you and people aren't gonna pay attention to what you have to say and people aren't gonna be celebrating you, right? But once you start to step out of your box and once you start to get really uncomfortable because it's easier said than done, like it's not just like one day you wake up and you're ready to go. Every single time I come and do a conversation like this or I go onto Clubhouse or I post something on social media, of course those thoughts are running through my head. Like what if people don't like this? Like what if I sound weird? What if I'm doing this or not? But you you just got to feel the fear and do it anyway, dude. That's what I did when I moved out a year and a half, or a year, uh, uh, an hour and a half away from where I grew up and where I built my clientele. That's what I did when I opened up my suite. I was literally, the pit in my stomach was awful. I was complaining to my boyfriend every hour of the day, like freaking out. I was like, what if I lose? What if I, like, what if I never build a clientele? What if it's a mess? But I did it anyway, because I knew that this is what I wanted for myself. And I knew that I was ready to put in the work. And I knew that there was going to be people who accepted me for who I was and celebrated me for what I was doing, no matter what, as long as I was showing up as myself and putting in the work. Mm, And it turned out to be beautiful. So So feel feel the fear and do it anyways. And I think that, you know, you, you believe in yourself and what you stand for. And that's really all that you can control is, is yourself. And I, I just, yes. love that. I think that's amazing. You guys, if you want to find more about Hunter and learn from him and just be more like Hunty, because he is just so freaking amazing. Um, he is showing up all the time on Clubhouse, which is where I met you. And I'm yes. so um, forever grateful and thankful that I was able to meet you and collaborate with you. You just have such a beautiful uh, God-given gift that you are sharing with the world. And it's just so, so amazing to see that um, flourish for you. Um, where can people find you on Clubhouse? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram and on Clubhouse at Hair by Hunty, H-U-N-T-Y. Like I said, I would love to connect with each and every one of you. And likewise, Jen, I'm so glad that I was able to make a connection with you on there. Like it's been... That has just been a whole experience. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, we didn't even get to talk about Clubhouse. But I mean, that's just an incredible resource as well to to learn from other people like Hunter and and connect. Um, In the show notes, I'm going to make sure that you guys can sign up for the wait list for the pre-visit pathway. You guys, don't be a fool. 
sign up for this, make sure that you guys are implementing these strategies into your business, whether you're a hairstylist, an esthetician, a salon owner, salon suite owner, booth renter, this is beneficial to our entire industry. And it's just, this is the way this is, this is really what we need to be doing to, to make a change. And like you said, like reuniting ourselves and taking it to the next level. Is there any, um, any last words that you'd love to share? I mean, you've just been dropping the mic and, and giving us some great nuggets the whole time. So anything, any other words you'd like to share? No, I have no words. I just think that if you're listening <laughs> to this and I've, I've spoken a lot of words, if you're, if you're listening to this and you maybe feel like overwhelmed in your business, or you feel like you see all these other hairstylists, like doing all these crazy things, like just know that like you are in your journey right now where you're supposed to be and with like a little bit of dedication and uncomfortability and and mentorship um and seeking out for resources and not being afraid to ask for help you can get to where you want to be and nobody else's journey you should be comparing yourself your own journey to like because you have your own destiny you have your own things that are in store for you and like you can take control of that and like you can make that whatever you want it to be with mentorship and help and dedication and uncomfortability so I'm always a resource for you I know my gal Jen is always a resource for you and I look forward to connecting with you if you reach out so thank you so much for listening and Jen thank you so much for hosting me today this has been such a pleasure I hope that you did not mind my soapbox today because I was on that (laughs) (laughs) we love you so much hunter thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast hunter you are amazing everybody make sure to show him some love and uh support and uh hopefully we'll have him back on the podcast again yes i would love to thanks hunter thank you hey friends thanks for being a part of the beauty business game changer podcast If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe. And if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate to get a review from you. And there's more ways that we can connect as well. Send me a voice message and tell me where you're at in your business and how I can help you through this podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of this. And until next time, you can be the game changer.